Hey there, I'm so excited that you joined me today. Jesus is getting out our spots and wrinkles, so we're ready to stand before him that day as his bride without spot or wrinkle. This is Vision Eternity Ministries, and my name is Lee Klein. And as I said, we're talking about getting ready for Jesus. And today we're going to talk about discerning the voice of the enemy. We have to be able to discern his voice so we're not following after him because he does want to be our God. He does come dressed as an angel of light to try to imitate God. So let's acknowledge Jesus. He's our teacher. Jesus, teach us your way today. We thank you and praise you that you are teaching us. You are. You're concerned with our welfare. You have a good plan, and you want us to know all things. You don't want us to be, a, you don't want to be a mystery to us. So we love you and praise you. We give you all the glory for taking care of us, for, for making things real to us, for teaching us. In your name, in your name, we're praying today. Thank you, Jesus. He is so wonderful. He's so good to us. And he didn't he didn't say that he's just going to come, but he said he's waiting. It's not as well that even one of us should perish. And so he's waiting. He's teaching us his way. And so I wanted to point out to you, right in the beginning in Genesis, God told Adam and Eve what to do. And as soon as God wasn't around, the serpent came and he said to the woman, why? He said to the woman, woman did God really say that you can't eat off of this tree? Because God told him not to. And he said, you shall not surely die for God knows that in the day that you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. And the woman saw that the tree was good and suitable for food and that it, it was delightful to look at and a tree to be desired in order to be wise. And so then they both ate and their eyes were open. And you know, really, the enemy was lying to them because really he wanted to condemn them. First, that's what the enemy does. First, he gets you to do that thing opposed to what God told you to do. Because right on that day, Jesus said, you who practice lawlessness, in other words, those of you who just obey me, just to quote the whole scripture, he said, not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. And so Satan's intent is to get you to not do the will of the Father so that you aren't doing what Jesus said, because then he's going to say, I'm going to say, away from me, I never knew you you who practice lawlessness. And many are going to argue, verse 22, as Matthew 7, 21 through 23, verse 22, but Lord, we did this, we did that. And then he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And so the enemy's, his intent is to get you to disobey God, just like in the beginning. And so he, he gets you to do that very thing God told you not to, the very thing you know you're not supposed to do, and then he brings on that condemnation. And so when the Lord called to Adam and Eve and said, called to Adam, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. I was afraid and I was naked in my, I hid myself. You know, when I do wrong, I feel a fear of God. I feel that. So I understand that. And the man said, the woman who, who gave to me, 
And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. And the Lord said to the woman, what is it you have done? And she said that the serpent outwitted her. But I missed the part I wanted to tell you when he said, um, and the woman saw the tree was good and, and suitable and she ate it. And she gave some to her husband. Then the eyes of them were open and they knew they were naked. And when they heard God in the presence and, and Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And then he said, I was naked because I was naked. And then God said, who told you you were naked? And so what he was saying is now you have who condemned you. Now you have that condemnation to deal with. Whereas if you wouldn't have obeyed the enemy, you would never have to deal with that. And that's how you can discern whether you've been hearing the enemy or not. Because he gets you to do that very thing that God told you not to do. And then you're feeling condemned. You're feeling bad. You don't have that peace and that joy that you had before that. And Jesus taught us the same thing in Mark 4. This totally matches Mark 4. Jesus said the parables asked, I mean, the disciples asked um, Jesus what the parable meant. And he said, if you don't understand this, you won't understand anything. But the mysteries of the kingdom of God are given to you. And then he said in verse 13, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows a word. The one sown along the path of words sown in the heart, and when they hear, Satan comes at once by force and takes that message away from them. Just like in the garden, he came at once to steal that word from Adam and Eve. And because they had no real root in themselves, they, well, verse 16, in the same way the one sown on stony ground, um, Backing up, I'm overexcited today. Verse 15, the ones along the path are those who have heard the word in their hearts, and Satan comes at once by force and takes it away. And the same way the ones who are um, sown upon stony ground are those who hear the word. And because they hear the word and they receive it at once and accept it and welcome it with joy, get all excited, I heard the word, by stripes I'm healed. But because they had no root in themselves, they endured for a little while. And then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately are offended, become displeased, indignant, resentful, stumble, and fall away. Well, I went to the doctor, and now I found out I'm really not healed. Because you don't have the understanding of knowing that that seed takes a while. You plant it, and you keep looking at the word. And not what Satan is telling you, not your circumstances. And then um, verse 19, the cares, anxieties, the world, the distractions of the age, the pleasure and delight of false glamour. This is the part I want to get to. Because she said the apple looked delightful. How exactly did she say that? And the woman saw the tree was good and pleasant and suitable, and it was a and it was delightful to look at. It reminds me of Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. 
because this is a matter of life and death, heaven and hell. Doesn't mean literally fuck it out unless you really, really have to. But the thing is, is to understand that your eyes can get you in trouble. What looks good can get you in trouble. And maybe you're thinking, well, why? Why wouldn't God want me to have a nice, beautiful apple? He's showing you that the, the thing that you desire is okay if you don't desire it more than him. If he said not to have it, he has a good reason for it, right? If you tell your children not to cross the street without you, you have a good reason. You're not trying to take anything from them. You're trying to give good to them, which is the same exact thing that God is saying. And so it's the cares and anxieties of the world, distractions of the age, of pleasure, delight, false glamour, deceitfulness of riches, a craving, passionate desire for other things, creep in and choke and suffocate the word, and it becomes fruitless. And so really, the enemy uses all those things against you as as a, a tool, so to say. It's his ploy to get you attracted, distracted to other things so they become your God. If God says, don't eat that apple and you eat the apple, you've made it your God. You've let it come between you and God. You've let it steal from you, your peace, your joy, your happiness. God is going to give you everything that you need plus But you can't let those things, those good, pleasurable things, overtake you, get in the way of. And if you do, they're not only your God, but then Satan is going to turn around and you're going to have that self-condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ who follow after the spirit and not after the flesh. And so you don't let your flesh control you. If you let your flesh control you, then that thing that you're letting, giving to your flesh is your God, whether it be food or or shopping or having to have nice things, anything that you put between you and God, anything that's more important to you than God. What is it that you think about all the time? What do you put your time and energy in? then that's your God. And it, it's so easy to love God and he's your everything. And then Satan comes and he just puts that apple in front of you and all of a sudden you're distracted. And all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, it's okay. Because Satan said, did God really say, it's okay. You can have that. And then you have that and you want more. And then you want more and you want more. Because this is the thing, God told me this when he was teaching me when food was my God. And I was trying to actually as well eat healthy. And God said, anything you give your body, your flesh, it's going to want more of. And in fact, in that situation, he was telling me to eat fruit. And I didn't want to eat fruit. I wanted to eat sugar. I wanted to eat junk. That's what my body wanted. My flesh wanted junk. And it's not God's will for you to eat junk because you're going to get sick and you're going to get diseased. 
And so anyway, when he was telling me to eat fruit, he said, if you give yourself fruit, your body will want fruit. Whatever you give yourself, your body will want. I don't want more of. So what he was telling me was eat fruit anyway, and then you'll want fruit. And so I started eating fruit, and then I wanted fruit. So the same is true. When Satan tempts you with something, and you're just thinking, well, just this little bit, just this one time isn't going to hurt me, then all of a sudden you're going to want more and more and more of that, right? You have a couple cookies, and then that's not enough, and you want more cookies, right? That's how it works. You get you get a new outfit, then you want another new outfit. Then you want a new outfit for every occasion that comes up or or for every day. Whatever it is that he's trying to get you addicted to becomes your God, and it comes between you and God because you got to have it more than God. You're thinking about it more than God, and all of a sudden it just overtook you, and that's how it works. That's how the enemy works. Jesus said, if you don't understand this stuff, you're not going to understand anything. Those who sown on good, well-adapted soil are those who hear the word, receive it, and welcome it. Okay, I get this. The enemy is trying to overtake me with things. I'm going to resist that. And then when you welcome it, you're going to bear fruit. That's when God comes in the picture and he meets all your needs according to your riches and according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's when you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's when by his stripes you were healed. Do you get it? So when you when you're good soil, it's like, okay, I'm gonna live my life your way. And I'm be blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. Blessed. Blessed, blessed. And if you don't obey the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, you're going to live under the curse. You're going to be depressed. You're going to have sickness. You're going to have disease. You're going to be broke. It doesn't, it's not going to seem like, and it isn't even going to happen, that you're going to have your prayers answered because you really have walked away from God. You have a God before God. And then Jesus said, Is a lamp, he said, is a lamp brought to be put under a peck measure under bed and not to be put on a lampstand? So why did he say that right after? Because he wants you to have understanding. He wants to give you the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He wants us to have understanding. The disciples asked him what the parable meant. They wanted understanding. And he, he asked, they asked, and he gave them that understanding. Things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. There's nothing hidden except to be revealed. There's anything temporarily kept secret in order that it may be known. So that really stamps out the theory of God is a mystery and you don't know what he's going to do. He's telling us exactly who he is and what he's going to do. And he said, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening. Let him perceive and comprehend. So he wants you to have understanding. And then he went on to say, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So if you're listening, you're going to get more revelation knowledge, more understanding. Him who has will be given from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken by force. And so you're not, if you're not paying attention to the word, if you're not asking for discernment, 
We're asking for discernment today. We want to discern the voice of the enemy. We want to know when he's deceiving us. And he's saying, the more attention you give to the more the word, the more understanding you're going to have. And if you're not paying attention, even what you have is going to be taken from you. Eve wasn't paying attention. She didn't hear. She wasn't hearing. She was looking at the lust of her flesh. She was looking at what looked good with her eyes. And so God wants us to have this understanding. And then he said, the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. He continues to sleep day and night while the seed sprouts and grows. He doesn't know how. But then the earth produces first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the, corn, in the ear. And so when you plant that word in your heart and you're believing God and you don't get distracted, you're not letting other things overtake you, but you're paying attention to the word, you've decided to be good soil, then those answers are going to come up. Then God meeting your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus is going to happen because you didn't let something get in the way. You didn't let what looked good get in the way. You stayed faithful to God. You're good soil. You paid attention. You got revelation knowledge. So in discerning the uh, voice of the enemy, we also, I wanted to show you what it says in Corinthians. and verse 3, it says, Though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using here mere human weapons. This is 2 Corinthians 10, 3. The weapons of our warfare, warfare, yeah. Jesus said the kingdom of God is taken by force. And you, in your mind can be that warfare. You know, what Satan's trying to tell you and what you know is right. And then the pressure that he puts on to try to get you to do that thing that God told you not to do. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they're mighty before God for the overflow and destruction of strongholds. And so much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that exalts itself against the true knowledge of God, we lead every thought captive and purpose and way and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, being being in readiness to punish insubordinate for his disobedience when you own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. And so what Jesus is saying to us today is recognize your thoughts. Are they saying, it's okay. You can do that. God doesn't mind. You can just do that this one time. Even though he told you not to, he changed his mind. No, he didn't. See, the thing is, is when you go after things, when, when you let your flesh have its way, you're stopping God from providing for your needs. He said, Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. He said that for a purpose. He said that because when you do that, you're making it your God, those things your God, and you're preventing your Father from taking care of you. So if, when you stop worrying, then you're not going to be trying to provide for yourself. You're not going to have your eye on things. 
And opposed to that is when you worry about it, you're going to be going to get it. Your attention is going to be on it and it's going to become your God. It's going to, it's going to get in between you and God. And so that's the, the word I have for you today. You need to discern the voice of the enemy because if you don't, he's going to overtake you. He's going to deceive you. He's going to get you to walk in darkness and you're not going to be free. You're going to be in, in a bondage. He has you in bondage and he's going to, he's going to overtake you and he's going to fool you. You got to pay attention to the word. And if you don't pay attention to the word, then you're going to be standing before Jesus that day. And he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. You listened to the voice of the enemy. He just want to say that to you. And that's why he's giving you heads up today. He's in love with you. He loves you. He wants good for you. He wants you to stand before him that day without spot or wrinkle. You're going to know him. You're going to know who provided for you. You're going to know him, and he's going to know you. He's not going to say, I didn't know you. You aren't going to be one of the five foolish virgins that he's going to say, you're going to be banging on the door saying, but Lord, Lord, open the door. And he's going to say, I'm not acquainted with you. You're going to be well acquainted with him. He's the one who took care of you. He's the one who met your needs. He's the voice that you listen to. My sheep know my voice, and they follow after me. As soon as you hear him, the enemy's going to come and try to trick you, and it's up to you to not let him. I always remember what, what um, God said to Cain. He said, sin will always be knocking at your door. It's up to you to master it. And I'm saying that to you today. It's up to you to master it. I'm going to say what God said. you got to take care of it. And the way to do that is to pay attention to the word. Make sure you're doing what God told you to do. If you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you, if you're willing to actually heed his voice, he'll come and he'll make his home on the inside of you. He's knocking at the door of your heart, Revelation 3.20. And if you will heed his voice, he'll come and live on the inside of you. You know, so many get caught up in, oh, I said that prayer. I believe in Jesus. And so I'm going to heaven. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to obey him. And so it's more than a prayer. It's a commitment. And if you're committing today to heed his voice, to be his bride, to let him clean you up, Revelation 3.19, he said he dearly and tenderly loves you. And to get excited about being corrected, the Amplified Bible says, to be corrected, to be convicted. He's going to convict you. He's going to show you what's right and wrong. He is that still, small voice in the back of your mind saying, don't do it. Don't do it. And he gets loud. He also gets loud because he loves you. And he's saying, don't follow the voice of the enemy. He's going to convict, convict, and instruct you to do the right thing. And you've got to listen. 
You have to have ears to hear, and he will do that. And that's what it's about. It's not about saying a prayer and then going and living the way you lived before, controlled, deceived, manipulated by the enemy, living in condemnation and guilt because you did the wrong thing and never having the understanding that you can walk walk a life of no sin because Jesus lives on the inside of you and he's going to instruct you if you have ears to hear. So say that prayer with me, Jesus. We thank you and praise you that you will help us to heed your voice. We're committed to you. We want to be engaged with you. We want to live with you forever. And so we commit to follow after your voice and not the voice of the enemy. We're not going to let the beauty of other things, the things that we're attracted to, get in the way. But we're going to make you the one. You're the one we pay our attention to. You're going to be the attraction that we have, and we're not going to let anything get in the way of that because you're the one. I feel a Lord interrupting me. He has a word for us today. Bless the Lord. I am the way, and I am beautiful. I am the one that has everything good for you. I care of you, care about you. He doesn't. He's tricking you. Look to me and I will show you the truth. I will get the dust out of your eyes, saith the Lord. I will make sure that you see clearly. If that's what you want, I am here. I'm the truth. I'm the way. I do not hold you in bondage. But he does. I am here to set you free from that thing that controls you. I am the Lord your God. Have no other gods before me. And you will live a long, prosperous life here in the earth and hereafter. Thank you, Jesus. So good to us. So good to us. He's saying, I am here. I am here for you. I am all that you need. Those other things are secondary. You don't have to go after them. I will add them to you, saith the Lord. Have ears to hear, and I will give you eyes to see. Wow, he's so good. He's so in love with us. There, there was something I was thinking I wanted to say, and I, I totally forgot what it was. But the beauty is in what he wants to say. And he, he really wants you to know that he is the light, and he only has good for you. And those things that you're attracted to, or scheme, ploy, the enemy has to take you down. God is so good. He's so in love with you. If you said that prayer today, I'm so excited. If you'd let me know, I would. I so want to know. And um, 
If you said the prayer for the first time, talk to him every day. Read the word every day so the enemy can't fool you. If you're not looking at the word, you're going to forget. You're going to forget what he said. And then you're going to be in the midst of chaos and confusion. Pay attention to what he's saying to you. Pay attention to the word. And know that he is God.